Welcome to the Discipleship Now podcast, hosted by Dr. Matthew Turner, an author, ordained minister, and father of three. Dr. Turner has pastored, held multiple ministry leadership roles, and currently serves as the Mission USA Administrator of the Congregational Holiness Church. In each episode, we'll dive into different aspects of discipleship, sharing personal stories and experiences, as well as insights and teachings from the Bible. Our hope is that this podcast will serve as a source of encouragement and inspiration for all who listen, whether you're a seasoned Christian or just beginning your journey of faith. So, Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join Dr. Matthew Turner on this journey of discipleship. There have been many times where my wife and I have stopped and talked about where God might take us in the future, in ministry or just in our lives. And to be honest, it's a lot of fun and kind of exciting when you stop and think about what God might do in your life. Because you know that God wants the best for you, and He has your best interest in mind. And so it's a lot of fun, to be honest, to think about all of the possibilities of ministry and life that God might call you into in your walk with Him. The only time that this could bring harm to you is if you allow your excitement about the future to cause you to lose passion of where God has you right now. Hello, I'm Dr. Matthew Turner, and welcome to Discipleship Now, where we dive into life, family, and ministry as we look at them through the lens of biblical discipleship. And today I want to encourage you in the ministry that you currently have and where God currently has you serving. God has placed you right where you are for a reason. And he's going to continue to give you wisdom and vision to complete the mission that he has placed in your life. When Jesus called Peter and Andrew in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said a lot of things. But what he did not say to Peter and Andrew was to go on and run ahead of him and try to figure things out on their own. Christ knew that the very best place for those two young men, and indeed all of us today, is to be right next to Jesus, following him as he leads us. I have the privilege to do some adjunct teaching for a couple of universities, and I absolutely love being able to pour into the lives of students and the eager young minds that are trying to learn all that they can about Scripture and about ministry. One of the common questions I get asked among students is they will ask me if it's okay to work ahead of the class instead of doing their work week by week. They want to, maybe in the first two weeks, do all of their assignments and turn them in all early. And I certainly see that that's kind of appealing because you get it done and you're done for the, with the class for the rest of the semester. But the danger of this, at least how I teach my students, is in each week's comments on their assignments and their papers, is I will leave comments and instructions on things that they need to work on or improve on in the next week so that they can make an even better grade. And so I tell the students that truly it's their choice. They could go ahead and do all of their work and turn it all in right in the first week or two. But what they will be missing 
is all of the instructions and all of the wisdom that I will try to impart to them to help them along their journey so that they can do the best job possible. And most of the time, as a matter of fact, I think all of the time now that I'm thinking about it, I've never had a student after I've told them those things that has went ahead and and completed all of their assignments and turned it in early. All of my students, as I'm sure this will be the case moving forward, that all of my students, when I tell them that I will help them as they work on their assignments and I'll give them instructions and comments that will give them or help them to obtain a better grade, all of them will say, you know what, maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe I should just take my time and walk alongside the professor as he's teaching me. And I think about that as I think about my relationship with the Lord, because I'm just like those students in so many areas, and especially in ministry. I'll have an idea, or I'll have some grand thing that, that I've thought about, or at least in my mind it's some grand thing, and I'm like, oh yes, that's exactly what I should do. Let me hurry up and do it, without even giving thought of asking the Lord about it, or without even thinking about stopping and praying and seeking the Lord and waiting for some wisdom and encouragement from the Lord. I've done that more than one occasion, and I have paid the price because of it. And so will you as well, if you try to run ahead of the Lord. I think about this amazing story found in 1 Samuel 17, and I'm sure that if you know anything about the Old Testament and the wonderful stories of the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 17 has to be right there up at the top of some of the best and most amazing stories of the Bible, because it's the chapter where David fights Goliath. And it is indeed an amazing story, and God uses David in that moment to not only deliver the children of Israel, but it really sets up David for the rest of his life. But there are some things that happen before David gets to the battlefield that I think that we can really learn from and be encouraged by today. And it really helps us to learn that we need to minister right where we are. Even though our future is indeed exciting, we need to minister right where we are, right right where God has us today, so that it will better prepare us for the next step that God has for us tomorrow. David is a young boy when he's anointed the next king of Israel, and that happens in 1 Samuel 16. You know the story. Samuel comes to David's father's house, Jesse's house, and he asks for Jesse to present his boys in front of him, and he looks at them, and there's several that really stick out to Samuel, and he's he's thinking to himself, wow, that must be the next king of Israel, and God says, no, not that one, and he looks at another one and says, oh, well, that one must be, and God says, no, and of course, I'm paraphrasing the story, and on and on, and God says no to all the boys that are lined up before Samuel. And Samuel says to Jesse, is there not anybody else? And Jesse said, yes, I have this youngest son of mine, and he's out in the field keeping sheep because, well, somebody had to do it, and I thought, surely, no one would need him to be in the dinner tonight, so I just sent him out to tend the sheep. And Jesse said, go get that boy. I'm not going to sit down, and we're not going to eat one bite of food until I meet him. And so here comes David. And as soon as Samuel lays his eyes on David, God speaks to Samuel and says, there he is. That's the one. And so Samuel, to 
Jesse's amazement, and I can only imagine what the brothers must have been thinking. Samuel takes a flask of oil and pours it on David's head and anoints him the next king of Israel. Now, the Bible doesn't say exactly what happens in the moments following David's anointing, but I wonder, what did David do after he was anointed king? Not the next day or the next day or the next week. That night or that day, what did David do? Well, just knowing David from reading the scriptures and studying his life and realizing what really what an humble person he was, I think David got back out of in the fields and kept his father's sheep the rest of the night. I think he thought to himself, well, my father told me to take care of the sheep and and I had a, a momentary uh, break from keeping the sheep and I happened to be anointed the next king of Israel, but I need to go and finish what my father told me to do first. And so I think he went and kept the sheep the rest of the night. I think this because of other examples in not only 1 Samuel 16, but in 1 Samuel 17. You remember, as we just got through saying, David has been anointed the next king of Israel. His brothers are all out in the battlefield in 1 Samuel 17, and they're all fighting for Saul. And the Bible tells us that Saul and the army of Israel is set up and waiting for the Philistines to make the first move so that this battle could commence. And really, what is actually happening is Saul and the rest of the army of Israel are all shaking in their boots because Goliath is in the valley of Elah, and he's shouting out profanities to the children of Israel and to the Lord, and really no one wants to go fight him. But David's father, Jesse, was wondering how his brothers, or excuse me, his sons were doing. And so he takes his youngest son, David, and he says, here, take these, these pieces of cheese and bread, and I want you to go and check on your brothers for me. And the Bible says that David doesn't argue, that David doesn't question his father. He doesn't backtalk his father. The Bible says that he, the next day that David arose early, kind of speaking towards his eagerness and his willingness to do what his father asked him to do. He arose early and made his way to where his brothers were and the whole army of Israel. And there's so many great things right here in those couple of verses in 1 Samuel 17 that we can learn about ministering where we are right now. David was destined, bound to be the next king of Israel, and yet he was so humble that even though he was the next king of Israel, he said yes to his father to do something that anybody could have done, a servant, some meaningless person could have done, but no, his father asked him to take these groceries, these pieces of cheese and bread to his brothers and check on his brothers. And David, without any hesitation, with somewhat of eagerness, with somewhat of excitement, he decided that he was going to listen to his father and obey his father. And beloved, that is where you and I need to be in our walk with God today, right now, wherever you are, you need to have an eagerness and a zeal to serve the Lord. And if you're missing that eagerness, if you're missing the zeal of serving the Lord right where you are, I wonder, I wonder what happened to cause you 
to lose the zeal that you once had. Could it be that you got to thinking about what God might do in your life or where or where God might take you in the future and all of that excitement about where God might take you caused you to lose the zeal and the passion for the ministry of where God has you right now. If you're not careful, all of that eagerness and excitement for the future will cause you to run ahead of the Lord and find yourself in a place that God never meant for you to be until He was there next to you or with you in your walk with Him. We so often will run ahead of the Lord when God has a purpose and a reason for placing us where we are so that we can learn all that we can so that we can be better prepared for the next step in ministry. But in order to get to that next step, you need to learn all that you can right where you are. That makes me think about when I was youth pastoring. I youth pastored, and I've talked about this in a previous episode, at a small church in Center, Alabama. I was 18 when I went to be the youth pastor, and in the denomination that I serve, the youth pastor is not normally considered a part of the church board. Normally, that's just a department of the church, and the leader of that department is not necessarily have a seat on the church board to make decisions. But when I was hired, the church decided to vote me in not only as the youth pastor, but also to place me on the church board. And looking back, I cannot express and tell you just what a difference that made in my life. For I was going to leave eventually leave being a youth pastor and step into the role of a pastor. And had not I have had the opportunity to be on a church board, I would have become a pastor without ever setting foot inside of a church board meeting. And I've talked to people before who have become pastors without ever being a part of a church board. And I can only imagine how difficult that must have been For me, I think the Lord knew that I was going to have to have every bit of experience and every bit of of time uh, needed to craft and to mold me into a person that's able to sit in the role of a pastor, and that meant that I needed some time on a church board. And so what the church did there at the Center CH Church, they may not have realized, but their kindness and, and willingness to put me on the church board so prepared me for the next step of ministry that it's really hard to put into words just what it meant for my next step. And beloved, I believe that's what God is doing in your life right now. I don't know where you're serving or what God might be doing in your life right now, but I do know this, that wherever you are and wherever God has brought you, he has not brought you just so that you can just waste time somewhere. No, God has placed you where you are so that, number one, you can be effective in ministry right now. There's somebody that needs to hear the Word of God from your mouth. There's somebody around you that needs to be encouraged. There's somebody around you that needs to be touched by the words that you can provide for them with the with, with Scripture and with prayer and encouragement. But number two, He's using where you are right now to prepare you for the next step in ministry. And that's exactly what God was doing in David's life. David was 
continuing to allow David to serve his father in his father's household because there were things that he still needed to learn. But as he served his father, there came an opportunity to go and serve Saul, the king of Israel. And you look and you read the story in David's life and you find out that David eventually served Saul first as someone who just played some music in Saul's bedroom because Saul was so vexed and he was so he was so consumed by this time he was beginning to to his relationship with God was beginning to crumble and he didn't have peace he didn't have any any uh, uh calm in his life and so he needed somebody to help him sleep and so God in his provincial wisdom and in his guidance allowed David to go and serve in Saul's court as a musician and that opportunity led to other opportunities. David's gift made room for him. And that's, a, that's, that's the word of God, that's scripture, that our gifts will make room for us. And so David's gifts made room for him. He had incredible leadership and wisdom, even at an early age. And God allowed his position as a musician in Saul's court to open up opportunities to serve Saul in other areas until David became a mighty man of war, a great general in the in the army of Israel. And then eventually, David stepped into the ultimate role that God had for him, which was to be the king of Israel. And beloved, that's exactly what I feel like God's doing in my life and what God is doing in your life. I don't know what the future holds for my life, nor do I know what the future holds for your life. But I do know this, God wants us to minister and to do ministry right where we are today so that the people around us today can hear the Word of God, be encouraged by the Word of God, but also so that we can learn all that we can because the next step of ministry is going to require what we're learning today. And so I want to encourage you. It's wonderful to think about what God might do. But I want you to be encouraged about what God is wanting to do in your life today so that you can be prepared for what he's going to do tomorrow. Wherever you are today, I pray that you will follow Jesus with all of your heart. I would love to connect with you. Please reach out to me on my website, MatthewRyanTurner.com. I'd love to, to, to meet you, talk with you, converse with you online as well as you can avail yourself to our ministry resources there. And until next time, I pray that the Lord will bless and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Discipleship Now podcast hosted by Dr. Matthew Turner. We hope this episode has encouraged and inspired you on your faith journey. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others who might benefit from these conversations. Until next time, keep seeking Jesus and growing in your discipleship journey.